Hello, and welcome to Manga Explaining, the show where we recommend great manga to folks who haven't read much manga before. Hosted by Deb Elke, David Brothers, Chip Zersky, and myself, Christopher Woodrow Butcher. Follow along with our show notes and reading list at mangasplaining.com. Sign up for our newsletter at mangasplainingextra.com. Why not? This week, hi, I'm Chris. I'm hosting, and we are doing a book that was a lot more surprising than I expected when I picked it. And I hope David didn't read it on the bus. The book is Not All Girls Are Stupid. It is by Minami Kyuta. They are, let's say, Jose, a slice of life mangaka. And this is our second time covering their work on the podcast. We read a short story by them called The Blood Red Boy that David picked. And I liked that so much, as I mentioned. I went out and, and we had such a good time talking about it, too. We'd never done a like 16-page short before that I went out and read the other work that was available by Kyuta in English. And it's two volumes of a book called Pop Life. And they're available as part of your Azuki subscription, I believe. And they were awesome. They're about two middle-aged ladies who are both single who decide to move in together to co-parent, to like raise their kids, to like sort of take some of the burden off being a parent. Their kids are different ages and and it's just such a great slice of life stuff. And it was so surprising to read a story about, you know, two middle-aged women sort of going through it after reading Blood Red Boy, which is like very sort of arranged marriage to a crappy dude finding solace in unexpected places, sex, and what have you. It was great. Really showed their range as a cartoonist. I was super happy to read it. So when I heard there was a new book coming out, and it's called Not All Girls Are Stupid, it's like, all right, let's give that one a shot for the podcast, because someone will someone will see that title and angrily click through to see what it is, and that's what we're about here. Rage clicks. <laughs> Make those metrics go up, people. No, I'm just kidding. It, Minami Kuta is just awesome, and I wanted to read more work by them, and here we go. It was a surprising work. It is, I don't even, this book is described by publisher Starfruit Books, an independent publisher, as a one-volume collection of short stories about sexuality, love, and the human condition, each colored with Kuta's unique perspectives. Sure, it is technically (laughs) about that, (laughs) but it's about so much more. And I think given its sexy subject matter, I want to go straight to Chip this week. We never do that. And I want I want Chip's honest opinion. Chip, what did you think of Not All Girls Are Stupid? I loved it. I'm realizing I'm a big fan of the short story format because we've covered a bunch of short story kind of collections, and I tend mm-hmm. to really like those. It is uncomfortable in spots, but I like that in my fiction. I forgot that it was more adult in nature, I suppose, and I started to read it in a family restaurant. <laughs> Which family <laughs> restaurant? I'm just curious. Was it Applebee's? Long-term no. fans want to know. No, no. It was, wasn't a chain, but it was, yeah, on a patio with a bunch of people around. I was like, oh, my God. No, I can't. Oh, geez. You, you really can't. My, 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 uh, I mean, my favorite thing about these stories were the endings because mm. they always surprised me. And they, they did a thing that I quite like in endings where you don't know if it ended until you turn the page. And then, yep. then you flip back and you're like, oh, that ended. Oh, that's great. Like, <laughs> I think the, the, <laughs> the older I get and the more used to certain narratives, I guess, that I am. Oh, how, I don't know. That was a sentence. <laughs> David will fix it. In post. Yeah, sure, like sure. <laughs> I'm sorry, David? Like the tropes of the narratives and things like that? Like you kind of learn to, you learn the, what the genre demands? Yeah, and you learn, you learn how to basically predict like a, a movie or a TV show. I have this thing where like when my, 
when my wife is watching a TV show and I come in the room and maybe it's not a show I normally watch or whatever, she pauses it so she can tell me what happened already. And I keep telling her, please don't do that. I don't need to know. I actually enjoy jumping in to the middle of a thing and piecing it together myself. It makes it a more interesting narrative to me. Mm. I wouldn't say it's our biggest fight. Our biggest fight is probably about a lot of other things that I do. But but it's it's really funny to me because she just she can't accept that. She needs me to know all the information from the beginning. I'm just like, I like when a thing kind of starts later than it should. I like when it ends sooner than it should. And then this kind of felt like that, like especially with the endings. Yeah, yeah. I don't want I don't want to spoil everything right off the bat. But yeah, there are some interesting twists and leaving it up to the reader to decide at the end where that story is going to go after that last page, mm. which I really like. Like nothing, nothing actually ends in this really. At least in the majority mm. of the stories, it just feels like oh, okay, all right. What happens next between these people? So yeah, that was my big takeaway. <laughs> Thank you very much, Chip. David, did you have a family restaurant situation uh, like poor Chip did, or were you luckily saved? No, I was in the privacy of my own home. Oh, good, was, good. <laughs> you know, full of erotic comics. It was totally normal. No, <laughs> <laughs> I love every time we pick Chip first. We say, "Oh, we never do this." It's good shtick. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you're looking at the tropes of our own episodes now as they happen? We are about a hundred and something episodes in, right? Like we learned to yeah, recognize yeah. the manga explaining the aesthetics. Mm. But like Chip, I love this. You know, I like the Blood Red Boy, which is another kind of not abstract, but say inconclusive in a complimentary way, short story. Mm. And this is full of stories that are like that, where like something has happened to someone or they're going through a situation and then they have a conversation about it. And then maybe it's over or fixed or maybe just life goes on and nothing gets better. Mm. But the, I don't know, her perspective is really interesting. Like all the different, the punchlines and some of the jokes were pretty good. And a lot of the emotional resonance was kind of cool. Like the, the, the things she chose to focus on in terms of sexuality, I thought were neat. Like mm. when the one guy is like, ha ha ha, all women are masochistic. And the lady's like, I'm a masochist, but that's just like a sex thing. It's not like a, you know, a dehumanizing thing. I thought yeah. that was really cool. A really yeah. also kind of a funny thing to think in the moment, like, like, wait a minute. I don't think I like this guy at all. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we've all been there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But the cartooning was really fun. I think that she doesn't have like a super wide cast of characters, but they're all really expressive. Mm. And yeah, they're all okay. costumed in kind of an interesting sort of way. I don't know which one my favorite was. I'd have to think about it a little bit. But there were a lot of really fun, like, not heartrending. I thought they were all pretty, like Chip said, uncomfortable, but not to the point where I felt super targeted. Okay. But definitely to the <laughs> point where it was like, oh yeah, this is like a, a good thing for me to have read, you know. Yeah. Mm. Valuable input, let's say. Yeah. I I want to probe on that, but I feel like I shouldn't. No, feel free. <laughs> I can always just edit it out if it's weird. <laughs> yeah, David has ultimate okay. control over the podcast. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> I do have actually I do have a follow-up question. I was gonna kinda let everyone go first, but David, when you, we first started, you mentioned, since we're, we're a long-lived podcast, you mentioned maybe that you were reading a lot of shoujo and even Jose manga to sort of figure out relationships, to figure out love. A long time ago, you're, you're oh, a much man. more mature and handsome 
man now. Yeah. And you specifically mentioned just now that's like, it's good I read this. What mm. was it educational? It was good you read it? Because I'm going to be, I'll come out. Yeah. I love reading Jose for exactly that reason. I love reading work by women with women's perspectives that show a like vast array of like things that happen to real women Mm. in these stories. Like clearly this is drawn from life from, from Utah, from their friends. Sorry, they're non-binary. I, I wonder like, does my love of Jose come from exploring a different perspective? And do I feel like I've learned something from reading these stories? And I do. Honestly, so is it is it the same for you? It's funny when you said that I was learning about love from Shoujo and Jose. I was like, wait a minute. I think it's like getting the different perspectives and things like that. Maybe I, that, maybe that's a misquote. Yeah, <laughs> but I will strike that from the long-standing <laughs> record as the editor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, I think that especially stories like this, like we all learn from juxtaposition and comparison. Kind of like here's yeah. what I did. Here's what someone else did. And a lot of the things that make stories like this fascinating is seeing what someone else does in a situation you may or may not ever be in. Yeah. Like I've never been like, wow, this lady's making me feel really dehumanized, but I kind of understand the like non-sexual version of that maybe. Okay. Yeah. So from that thing, I mean, it's just sort of like reading anything broadens your horizons, you know? Yeah. Even if it's fictional or completely fantastic. But I think stories like this, especially that are so directly about relationships, so like nakedly about emotions are really good to read, not in an educational sense, but just like, it's good to get that other perspective in there. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Does that satisfy your probing questions, Deb? Yeah. I was just kind of trying to figure out, you know, what lessons you got out of it. It's less like specific lessons. Or takeaways, I guess. I guess the main takeaway is like make sure to treat people like they're human beings. Yeah. Like every every kind of story has someone, not every story, some of the pregnancy stories were pretty cute. But a lot yeah. of the stories are kind of like, here's me taking advantage of someone, here's me kind of entering an unbalanced relationship. And there are a few that are like, oh, I'm actually happy here. That's cool. And that's kind of sweet to see too. That like sometimes yeah. doing like a little bit of wrong, like a me and Mrs. Jones kind of thing yeah. is I shouldn't say fine, you know, manga explaining the podcast that endorses adultery, but <laughs> feelings are what feelings are. Mm. Yeah. I don't think anyone looks us to us for moral guidance. I fucking hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I mean, all, all, of, all of these stories in this, or, or for the most part, especially in the, the first half, mm-hmm. it all comes down to communication. Like nobody's actually nobody's actually communicating at all about what they want or don't want, or if they do communicate it, it's ignored. Like mm. so many, so many of these, the early stories too are basically like they're, they're rape stories. And it's mm. not even, it's not even the major plot point. It's just like, no, nah, I didn't like when that happened. It's like, that's like both shocking and also like so commonplace, I yeah. think in, yeah. in real life, which, which kind of makes it even more shocking, I guess. But yeah, it's, it's not, it's either not saying what you want or not being listened to what what you want. That's like the main takeaway I got from it. Hmm. There's a there's a lot there, especially. Well, Deb, we didn't get your initial first. Yeah. You didn't get your first thoughts on the manga first. Uh, Deb, I would love to hear what you thought of "Not All Girls Are Stupid" because this was originally going to be one of your picks, and I sort of stole it so that you could pick what's Michael. I don't remember. <laughs> so, two very different titles. What did you think? Matt from Starfruit sent me a copy of the book, and I was excited to read it mm. because, like, like you said, we had met Minami Kuta at Comedia. 
She's mm. such a lovely person, and her art's really great. And I'm really thrilled that Starfruit is going out of their way to publish more of her work, because it really is the kind of work that you don't see here in English very often. Yeah. It's, you know, like, I mean, I'll, I'll fess up. I read a ton of romance comics on Webtoon. That's mostly what Webtoon is, basically, romance comics. Well, and, and people getting bullied in within an inch of their life. Oh, hell yeah. The other genre <laughs> What's the difference? Same <laughs> oh, <laughs> David with the hot romance takes today. Yeah. See, I told you, I'm not making anything up. <laughs> really cracking open David's psyche today. <laughs> so anyway, to bring it back to this. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that I guess what I appreciate about her, kind of similar to Akani Torika, is that Mm. She shows sex and relationships in a way that's n- that feels mm, like, ah, uh, this is how it really is. Yeah. Doesn't always make sense. Sometimes you F a guy just because he, he wants to F you, not necessarily because you love him. Mm. Or, you know, like you have deep, you have a deep attachment to like this once in a lifetime, oh my God, we are soulmates kind of thing. Yeah. That, you know, that kind of stuff comes around once in a while. But in the meantime, you've got to get some something, something. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm being pragmatic here. <laughs> in the back, there's a pretty detailed biography paragraph about her as her yeah. the year she was born, the fact that she's been married three times, divorced twice, has three daughters, two sons, four cats. She's bisexual. She's a feminist. And she was born in 1969. And has been a mangaka since 1992 and has published over 40 books in Japan. So I, I went and did the math. <laughs> this book was published in 1997 when she was age 28. Mm, wow. She's currently about 53, I think. Mm. And I thought to myself, like, one, we're very similar in age. <laughs> and I thought, wow, it, it, it struck me because, like, the experiences she was ha- that she's depicting from age 28 about sex, I thought, <gasps> Oh, damn, I was there too. <laughs> you know, that in that same space, I mean, it was kind of an interesting time to be a single woman. Yeah. I mean, that was Riot Girl's time and all that kind of stuff. I think it's wild that there's a lot of stuff from there being a teenager and being in school mm-hmm. as well. Like a decade later, when you're 28, you can actually maybe have enough distance to reflect on the experiences that you had as a teenager or that your friends had as a teenager. Like you've got that space and that time. And even then, the the stories we find at the the last half of the book, everyone seems to be like at least a, a couple good, like a good five years younger than they were when they wrote those stories. Mm. So I feel like there's a lot of processing that's happened by this by the time that they that they've gone through as a as a person and as a creator by the time that they're writing these stories. And I find that mm. really interesting to me that there's nothing about, someone who's a 28-year-old in here, or at least nothing that I read is someone who's about a 28-year-old. Everyone's kind of like 23, yeah. 24. It's not bitter, by the way. I think it's actually really funny mm. and interesting that it's not bitter and like, like like we talked about Sente's Pious Lie by Akani Torikai is unsettling mm-hmm. because she really mm, confronts some of the really uncomfortable ways men and women relate to each other sexually. Mm. And I love Akani Torikai. Don't get me wrong. I love that that series, it made me really think hard. I have to pick up the fourth volume, which is the last one. This one, I guess what struck me when I look, think about the two is this is so lighthearted and yet so stark 
and felt mm. like, wow, yeah, this all feels real to me, you know? And even the part about where the woman is pregnant and she's giving birth, my friend actually told me that when she gave birth to her son, who is now 17, like it was so painful. I nearly blacked out. I cursed mm. my husband throughout the entire process. And I told them to never, ever do this to me ever again. <laughs> and you, I said, you can't even imagine how painful this is. And then I realized, oh, but she had another daughter three years later. <laughs> I mean, full disclosure, everybody knows this. I have not experienced that personal type of pain. <laughs> mm -hmm. And yeah. I'm so glad I haven't. <laughs> yeah. So everything that I read in this book, I thought was very skillful. It was real. And it was funny and it was unpredictable and it was, I don't know, it just, and it, and it was drawn in such a light and fun way. Mm. It's a really unique combination, I got to say. I think to your point about why more works like this aren't published in English and why it's coming out from a, from a micro publisher, basically, it's just too risky, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> like this has a lot of sex in it and a lot of people are very uncomfortable, especially these days with sex in general, especially depicted, illustrated on the page, especially when it's not porn. I, I don't know how to say it any clearer than that. It's not meant to titillate, honestly. When it's not like yeah. shrink-wrapped and put out by like Faku or whoever, but it's just in the book because that's a part of life and part of the story. It's a very different situation. And I feel like a lot of Jose comics of this era don't shy away from depicting sex. I think, I think we think back like Helter Skelter at the beginning of the podcast, where it's like, there are a lot of nude people in there and it's kind of often grotesque, <laughs> not sexy, but at the same time, like it has a sexiness to it. Mm -hmm. And I felt like a, a lot of, like the first half of the book, there's a lot of scenes where people are having sex and they're having a pretty good time. And then the story kind of changes and then they are not having a good time by the end. And I wonder, you know what? How did you guys feel about how sex was depicted in the book? I think there's a lot of, there's a range personally, but Again, like that first time I opened a page and I was like, oh, that is a anatomically correct <laughs> naked person. That was a lot. That was surprising. That was surprising mm -hmm. to me. I thought it was fine. Like there was such a spectrum of depictions that I wasn't like particularly turned off or turned on either way. Mm -hmm. It was just like, hey, here's a bunch of like mostly matter of fact sex scenes rather than like the long drawn out kind of like more titillating stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it didn't feel as like hentai, but yeah. do you think I don't know that they were necessarily matter of fact either. Like there were illustrations in there that you could have tastefully obscured, but the artist chose not to. And I think that that's interesting. Yeah, I feel like if I read this on the bus, I wouldn't feel like super bad about it, honestly. Like there is mm. nudity and there is, you know, mature situations, but it's not. This isn't like Girl on the Shore or something where it's like super representational. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's fair. You know, it's still kind of like clearly cartooned and like sometimes kind of funny in the moment too. Mm. Or at least funny looking. <laughs> yeah. It, it felt appropriate for the stories that Judah's telling in this book. Mm. Chipper, agree? Yeah. I mean, that's. Uh... I had that weird mix where like I'd be reading it and be like, Oh shit, that is hot. That is sexy. And then something terrible would happen. And then I'd feel bad for thinking that the scene was sexy up until that point, which I think is w mm. what, well, why it works because that is the case in the scene. If it's depicted in real life, like it would be sexy until it wasn't. 
Mm-hmm. And, and and even then, there's like a weird kind of bridge there. Just like, oh, is it still sexy? No, wait. He's being kind of mean, but is she liking it? Like, I don't, uh, uh. And like, as a reader, you're experiencing that along with the character. So it really works. Mm. And like any good story that revolves around sex, at some point while reading it, I feel shame. Which... <laughs> Are you Catholic, Chip? <laughs> I did go to Catholic school for like one year, but I wouldn't oh. consider myself Catholic. Fair enough. I have written Daredevil for four years, so. Yeah, it's maybe. honorary Catholic. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that how that works? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's fascinating. Because uh, I'm going to throw a monkey wrench in. These were stories that were meant for, for, for girls and young women. This ran in a magazine called Manga Gaudi. Like, these were not running in even general Seinen magazines. They were running in Manga Gaudi, and then there's one in Feel Young, which is a magazine that's still around today that does a lot of what we would consider Jose stories as well. And it's not to say that they can't be titillating. I mean, there's a very good two-part lesbian story right in the middle of this that proves otherwise. But I don't think that the intention was to titillate. But at the same time, the drawings are are gorgeous. They're beautiful drawings. I think they have that touch of <laughs> that the grotesque, as we've been describing it this season and and before. Yeah, I do think that as an artist, they don't really shy away from drawing anything. Yeah, like like I mean, I mean, I've just had this open, and it's like mm-hmm. that's it's tender. sexy. It's, it's sexy. Yeah. It's tender. It's beautiful. Yet also, like you know, the way that his hands are drawn, like it's a, it's got just enough roughness to it that it's just like okay, there's like some, there's like passion happening there, and like the way her wrist is drawn, like all of it, like I find that, you know, mm-hmm. I hate the word titillating because it makes me feel like a child. Oh, it's so titillating. <laughs> I was titillated by that. But look, I got I got a chub on. <laughs> Way That's what I'm going to say instead of titillating. Yeah. <laughs> like Chip was saying, so many of these scenes come with a turn, like so quickly after the titillating moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, which story was that, Chip? What, uh, sorry, which story? Uh, that's the story where uh, I think it's called, like, uh, The Night I Left My Lover. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where she okay. goes back and forth. I think it's my favorite one where she goes back and forth between the two a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he just goes, oh, I could care either way. Stuff like that doesn't bother me. And then she slaps him. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Which is just like, it's that's such a great scene. Like, that's also kind of mm-hmm. my favorite ending. That is a great title page, too, with their hands mm-hmm. in each other's pockets. Mm-hmm. Or, like, yeah. Linked, and then in their own pockets, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's great. Yeah. The ending's that one I, I really love where she, like, He's confused, and she says she loves him, and he's like, "Why are you crying?" And that's it. That's the end. Mm. Just, yeah, because she's confused. Mm-hmm. The whole story is about her confusion. Yeah, hmm. I think I like a, th- a thing. I like is that Kuta isn't afraid to. Well, I mean, the book's called "Not All Girls Are Stupid," but I think Kuta is not afraid to show a wide variety of like behaviors and mm. opinions and ways of being in the world and doesn't judge the characters harshly for that. And I think that that's actually pretty amazing because we read a lot of stuff where if anyone steps out of line at all, like the hand of God comes down and smacks them around or they become full on evil. And I think that there's a lot of nuance to the portrayals here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The guys aren't, aren't necessarily out and out jerks, right? They're, the thing that struck me about it is it's like it reminded me of how guys who watch porn or mm. read a lot of porn comics think women get turned on by things that they don't get turned on by. <laughs> Wait, what? Elaborate, please. 
without getting too much into a personal history here, <laughs> it's like sometimes you'll, I'll, I'll say it. Sometimes a guy would say, oh, I want to do this and blah, 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 blah. Because, you know, they're in their mind, that's super sexy. And that's what porn stars do. And then girls get turned on by it too. Because the girls in the porn movie got turned on by it. But you know what? No. <laughs> no. Hmm. You know? The old, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the stuff with like, oh, God, I don't, I'm so close to saying, bleep it out, David. <laughs> bleep it out. Oh, no. Okay. And I was just kind of like, uh, no, no. Yeah. Well, and that's, but <laughs> just look that at you turns knowing you your boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> like, look uh. at you, unlike the girl at the end of the, the book saying, I couldn't think of any reason not to have sex with him. So I guess I did it. Yeah. Which is like, I mean, yeah, a very, very good. But I totally get the impulse, right? It's kind of like, oh, well, I'll just go with the flow, and he seems to want to do it. <laughs> go with you the didn't. flow. <laughs> yeah, the cost of doing business, kind of. Like, this is what it is. Yeah, yeah, cost of doing business. When it got to that point, it was like, uh-uh. No. Yeah. This is, yeah. Such, a, this is such a mood killer. It is mm. not happening. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. And there's so much of that in this book, actually, of like, yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, dude's going, okay, no, you know, get up on all fours and then like totally denigrating her when she does the thing he asks her to do. That happens twice in the first, like, first half of the book. It's, yeah, yeah. It's the, pretty messed the, up. The, per, the first two stories follow a very similar kind of through line. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think it's the one story where it's like, he wants to do it from behind. And then the, the second story is also, I want to do it from behind. It's just doing stuff without the full consent. Mm. It felt very much like, yeah, this is men raised on porn. Like, like yeah. the only thing I know for certain that women enjoy from pornography 100% of the time is a pizza delivery. <laughs> only Everyone when you get pizza. the order right, I've found. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, that's where it diverges. No pineapple. <laughs> no pineapple pizza. I agree. Ever. I agree. <laughs> That's also a deal killer. <laughs> Sorry. Most stories have like moments where someone's like, you know, get on all fours. But in the second story, she's actually into that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's his attitude about it that messes it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah for he's sure. Like, oh, yeah. great. He's a child. He can't separate sex in real life. Like, mm. it's not necessarily the denigration that's the problem in a certain yeah. sense, because it's consensual in one way and it's non consensual in the other. It's the yeah. attitude of the person delivering the, you know, bad attitude. Yeah. The Basically, the attitude is, these guys are dumb. They want stuff from me. I'm just going to go along with it because whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, that kind of feels like, like, like the girls think the guys are stupid. Like, I, I can't expect anything more out of you. Okay, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Actually, David, that was a really apt observation, what you said, the cost of doing business. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just the cost of doing business. That happens so much in this book, where, like, Mm -hmm. the women and girls in the book are like, well, I guess if I'm going to be with him, I got to deal with this. And it's it's such a bummer. (laughs) Like, it's such a (laughs) bummer part of the book, actually. But is it real life at the same time? Mm -hmm. Like, it's kind of a depressing thing in the book, of course. But, like, I think there's always... Like, no one is everyone to everybody. Mm. It's like some dating advice that I got that really counts. And, like, besides the cost of doing business, doesn't really matter. And that's what makes relationships, like, great. Yeah. yeah. But it's also, it's, it's an, it's an mm. early thing, too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, on the first couple of dates, okay, this is what's going on. Oh, all right. All right. Like, okay. Yeah. 
it's also a 20 something thing, you know, because yeah. th- that's a point where you figure like, I guess this is how it's supposed to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I guess that's what I'm supposed to do. And yeah. then you get older and you go like, no, <laughs> not if I don't want to. Yeah. And not if it does nothing for me. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've always been like, you know, I'm getting into some sex talk here, obviously, but like, I've always been, my biggest turn on is turning somebody else on like a hundred percent. That's it. I'm a people pleaser. You can see it in my work, really, if you start to examine my career a little too closely. But I remember my 20s, like being in so many situations where just like whatever she was into, I was like, okay, I'm into this now. Like, and I was in some weird situations where I'm just like, is this okay? What's happening to me right now? (laughs) But I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah. It's funny because I was just thinking about it. Because we were, I I was on this tour and I was passing through Montreal, and I remember doing a buddies trip through Montreal years ago, and I met this woman at the bar, and I, I don't think I've ever met a woman at the bar before, and very much my type and French, and I'm just like, this is the greatest night of my life. And then she's like, do, do you want to come back to my place with me? I just moved to town, so it is more of a, a, a boarding house situation. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm gonna have sex. This is amazing. <laughs> I get to the place and it's like the most terrifying place I've ever been. I get into her room. We start to fool around. And I'm just like, I don't, the vibe is off. The vibe is off here. And then she basically got me to just lie face down. And then she just grinded into my ass for like 20 minutes. I remember just looking out the window being like, what's happening? But I'm like, she's liking it. So, okay. And then she, I had an orgasm doing that and then she rolled over and I was like, I guess it's my turn. And then she just went to sleep and I guess, I guess I'm just going to sleep here in this room because I don't know how to get back to my hotel. So I just laid in the room and looked out the window. I'm like, is this what a woman feels like? Like I remember having that at, at the time where I'm just like, is this like, oh my God, have I ever done this to someone before? It was, yeah. it was a real eye opening experience. Cause I'm just like, cause you just go with the flow even if it's weird, even if it's off-putting to you. And it's like, okay, like, but why did I do that? Like, what in me wanted to either have a connection with somebody or please this person to the point where I just kind of went full on with whatever they wanted to do? Mm. So uh, there's a lot of that in here. There's absolutely a lot of that in this I'm sorry, was that too much? Was that too much oversharing about the woman that grinded into my ass in Montreal? I can't tell uh, anymore. I can't tell. <laughs> what are the numbers like on this podcast? How many people hear, hear that this. story? <laughs> she is 2,800. Yeah. 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 Oh, my. Wait. I feel like I was for asking David to bleep out my story. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think mature adults can ask each other to do things yeah. and say yes or no. Yes, actually, hundred percent. But also, you're allowed to go. Oh, I'm so not into that. I don't kind of want to have sex anymore. And that happens again multiple times in this book. That is like well observed bits of human behavior. It's like, man, like even for right now, I don't think that this is going to happen anymore. And it's like that's fair. I think yeah. people have to like make those decisions. But who boy, that this was a book that got to us apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Good, good fiction. I think we were open to being gotten to. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. You don't pick up this kind of book like expecting 
like a Charlie Brown love story, you know, like, Oh, she's so far away and I love her so much, you know, like there's going to be something rugged or real in some way. And I really appreciated that. Like the least traumatizing story was the pregnancy one. That was still very much like, here's a bunch of messed up stuff that happened to her while she was pregnant, but also here's like the good side and upside of becoming a mother. Yeah. Like you would have strike such a fun balance in this. Yeah. Trying not to be judgy during that, but she had a beer and she was at nine months and a bottle of wine. <laughs> it wouldn't digest in before it was the baby 90s. was born, so it was totally okay. <laughs> right? That's, I think that's how that works. It's also done in the casual way that other things were kind of dropped in the earlier stories. Like, you know, again, I'm, I'm looking at the one about the woman who broke up with her boyfriend. And like... She she says, well, he did hit me. And I'm just like, and they gloss over it. They just gloss over it. And like, yeah. she just she goes back to him. And, and there's so many things like that through all these stories where it's like, just casually dropping these kind of things that would be kind of abhorrent normally within mm-hmm. a and fictional she story. She that guy at the end of their section too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I find it so fascinating that this ran in a magazine that's targeted at like sort of this the, the, the female version of the St. N demographic, which is like older teen dudes and young people in their twenties. Cause on the one hand, it feels like they're trying to relate, but on the other, it feels to me a little bit instructional. Like this is a thing that happens to us and this is how you can not have to deal with it. Does mm-hmm. it, do you get that vibe or is it just real life stories? No point, no moral. We're all, we're all moving on with our lives. Well, it, le- I think it's less about the moral, more like I see you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like okay. I've, I've, I've been you and I see you. Mm-hmm. And it's like the thoughts you were having during a similar encounter. I also had the same thoughts and other women have the same yeah. thoughts. And, and, and I think that is instructional because it can mm. make you feel less alone, less ashamed, and also maybe slightly preventative in terms of changing maybe how you handle situations in the future. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was my favorite part about the stalker one is that you get, <laughs> That you get her whole history where she has like gotten out of being stalked by being by giving herself up before, and she's not going to let that happen a second time. And she just yeah. like like almost kills that dude. And I was kind of like, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah I'm on board. Does kill that guy. Yeah, she does say he started breathing again. Like yeah, whoa, like after okay. she dragged him outside down her stairs and like into a bush. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, he was dead. That guy actually one dead. of like the best. And he looks like Astro Boy. Oh, like, he's got like, a like, oh. Astro Boy. Oh, don't ruin Astro Boy for us. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that he's drawn with a brush on that page, and everyone else is drawn with a pen too. I kind of mm-hmm. love that. They're like, yeah. he's just going to be so other <laughs> and so creepy that we're not even going to let him be drawn with the same style as everybody else. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that one thing this short story collection has is something like. Helter Skelter didn't necessarily were the softer mm. endings we've been talking about how some stories just like they're over now, but nothing is really like a trauma train where you finish it and you're like, Oof, I got to go take a walk. You know, <laughs> yeah. there's oh, always yeah. something yeah. where like the lady in question either takes charge or like it's a moment that she's been looking for, or even the bit in the pregnancy story that kind of ends on the husband being like overwhelmed and then like totally in love with the baby. It's like a really mm. good moment. And yeah. it's yeah. set up when she says, like, oh, like, a friend of mine said that mm-hmm. her husband being in the room while she had the baby would be totally, de- like, strengthen their relationship. The husband's like, yeah, let's do it. Like, it's, like, the least traumatizing story about one of those traumatizing things that women go through. I think it's kind of cool. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has the most yeah. insane physical pain compared to every other story, but it's the happiest story. Yeah. It's such a weird, yeah. as weird soon thing. As she was like, yeah, I didn't go to breathing class or learn any of that stuff. I thought it'd be okay. Just the beauty of birth, like nature's wonderful. I was laughing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. They keep saying she's too loud when she's giving birth. So they have to move her room. Like, it's such a good <laughs> <Yeah>. joke. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> and I gotta say the baby was drawn like that's how babies look when they come out man yeah. they don't look cute yeah, yeah. and deadly. Yeah, they look like wet wet I don't know <laughs> like little little <laughs> seals I don't know yeah also Not the pretty. dad saying she's small and the mom saying she's huge is another it's good one like, so <laughs> well observed yeah, yeah. 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 like yeah. it's such a cliche that like dads discover feminism when they have a daughter but mm. like literally every guy I know that's had a daughter has changed. Like after that moment, mm-hmm. they're like, "Oh my yeah. goodness!" Like I really have kind of been like I need to shape up a little bit better. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, not having a daughter, I just read Jose manga, and it's yeah, it's going okay. Yeah. Or monster. <laughs> not, not quite the same thing. <laughs> I changed after I had a, a stranger grind my ass in Montreal uh-huh. in my twenties. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've I've got one last question. And did you guys read Pop Life, David Depp? Did you read that? Not one? yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. You totally should, but this is like very early work. Like this is from like 96, 97. And Blood Red Boy, I think, was maybe a decade later. Did you feel that these were young works? That they were works by a young creator based on having read their later work first? I would say in the sense that you can see her influences more strongly. Mm. You know what I mean? Like in the earlier work, you can see, oh, this, there's, there's some Kyoko Okazaki, there's some this, there's some that. In, like, you can see the, the to use a cooking metaphor, you can mm. still see the cut pieces of vegetable floating gotcha. around. It hasn't boiled down to be its own soup. Because <laughs> mm. that cover gives me real Mayoko Ono vibes. Like early, like Buffalo 5 Mayoko Ono, not necessarily the later the later mm-hmm. period stuff. But yeah, it, it did feel like a little bit like these were younger raw or more punk works in a lot of ways yeah more stuff i've read by still had some of the flavor of the stuff that she liked to read versus i think later on as a comics creator in chip you can interject too but i think you when you first start drawing comics you kind of your influences are strong and people can see them Hmm. and then it takes a while of drawing until you get to the point where it's just you it's just your style this is just your natural way of drawing it's a natural way of you how you make lines and draw faces and stuff like that and it you have your own style but right now yeah. i don't know <laughs> yeah that makes sense hmm. Hmm. who was your big influence chip well it's for others to say hmm. i think like kevin nolan through your work that makes <laughs> yeah like because i mean a lot of people yeah, yeah, I don't know. It, it, that that's a hard one cuz also my style seems to have been born of deadlines because of the newspaper. Mm. Mm. So it's 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 especially hard for me to see it. But again, I I think that I think that's up to others. Like I don't know, I don't know if Travis Charest would be like, "Oh yeah, it was Jim Lee." Mm. But like when I was younger looking at his stuff, I'm like, "Oh, it's Jim Lee." Yeah. But now Travis Charest is not Jim Lee. No. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. I Christopher, can you say your point about it being a younger or more mature work again? Just make sure I got it. 
I feel like this reads to me as a younger work, whereas Blood Red Boy, which you recommended, mm-hmm. felt like a more mature work. Interesting. And Pop Life feels even more so, I think. Mm-hmm. And Pop Life came later in her career as well. Later in the I, I couldn't tell you. I'd have to look it up online. I could pause the podcast, but <laughs> but I will say that like this did feel young. This is like someone who's just gotten out of the period that they're writing about. Being like, okay, I just finished. Here's everything I learned for you guys. And then Blood Red Boy is talking about that same period, but it just felt more nuanced, I guess. Mm-hmm. More poetic, I, even. I don't disagree with you necessarily, mm-hmm. but I do think I got a different vibe from the stories. Mm-hmm. So I think the, the storytelling felt very mature to me, actually. The one Hikari Chan's lover where it's basically yeah. just like, she's like, can you just pat mm-hmm. my stomach because my stomach hurts? And that's the yeah. ending. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is someone who has been done a lot of thinking about relationships, like maybe been through some stuff and like found like the, the small things count a lot, let's say. Yeah. I, I agree. That felt like the most mature work in here and probably closest to Blood Red Boy. Yeah. 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 Same. I actually feel the same. That book, came, that one came together. Yeah. Blood Red Boy is 2000 and Pop Life is 2016. Oh, oh wow! Yeah. yeah. Okay, and these were ninety six, ninety seven. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think in the late twenties, like that's a period where you're really reassessing kind of your twenties. Sure. Like you're twenty six, yeah. yeah. twenty seven, twenty eight. You're like, oh, what have I been doing? Like, I'm out of college. I'm out of university. I'm looking for a career. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to, to define myself outside of my parents and my core friend group for the first time. I think that a lot of these stories feel born of that kind of introspection, mm-hmm. you know. And then across your thirties, you kind of like figure things out a little more quickly or maybe from another perspective. But I think Mm. this is like just mature enough for me to not agree that it's a young work, but I do Mm. agree that it's like not as far along as blood red boy. Mm. Okay. Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, that brings us to, I think maybe the end of the episode. My final thought is I hope we get more Minami Kuta in English. I hope Starfruit, I hope this does well. I hope covering it, as we did very close to when it was released means that the sales stay high. People get out there and check it out. I think that'll be awesome for the book. And I hope it means that there's more to come. Yeah. What is Manami's like latest work in Japan? Like they've got 40 volumes of manga out. Like there is oh, so much stuff. We actually just bought a bunch of Dojinshi from them at Comedia when we were there in, was it Comedia or was it Comedia? Okay. When we were there in November, Deb and I went and, went and met them and took photo. But they just had a ton of new stuff, like Dojinshi. They've got their work serializing in different magazines like Feel Young and stuff like that. And yeah, they're still making still making work. Wow. I will say from a behind-the-scenes kind of licensing perspective, I would imagine that this is, as a collection of short stories that's this old, they probably have all the rights back. So it would probably be, if you're working with the artist directly, it's probably a lot easier to license that work than it would be to have to go through like three publishers or, or whatever to get the, to get that book together. Mm -hmm. So I would imagine that if Starford's going to do more books, it's going to be more things that Manami Kuta has the rights to rather than having to go to like Shodensha or something for the next book. But I could be wrong. Maybe they've got like an amazing relationship with different Japanese publishers. That's my, that's my quick guess, because a lot of the stuff that we've been working on for Manga Explaining Extra, when we have a personal relationship with the mangaka, it's way easier. And when they own the rights directly, yeah. for Okinawa, I went to Higa's house and I was like, can we do this? And he was like, well, you seem very passionate, so sure. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> yeah, six years later, the book's coming out, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. 
but yeah, it, having that personal connection and having someone own the rights to their own work, that, that changes everything in manga, usually for the better, usually for the better. Yeah. Oh, so that was my final thought. Uh, sorry, anybody else want to have a final thought? They started with chips, so I guess I should go uh, take some of the pressure off. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So I think my favorite stories were the very first story, mm. but called Not All Girls Are Stupid, and the fifth story called Otsuki-kun, about the guy who was a one-minute man and really into <laughs> commitment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought both of those were really relatable in terms of like what you're willing to do for a lover, and then also like how quickly you can fall for someone and maybe like you're reading the vibes wrong. Mm. And the Otsuki one has so many turns. Like she gossips about him a little bit, but she doesn't want to hurt his feelings. And he does get his feelings hurt, but he's like, Oh, it's okay. I dumped my girlfriend last night. It's so good. And like, there are so like, it's hard to point to any one person and go like, okay, this was a bad decision, but you're not a bad guy, bad person, like really fun storytelling. And the first one just has such a good final page on page 10. Like it's, <laughs> it's the sort of thing where you finish a short story, the first one in the collection and you're like, yeah, like they still got it. Like this is going to be a, a set of bangers most likely. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Deb, final thoughts. This was a great read. It was, mm, I don't know. Maybe I'm at that time of my life or something. <laughs> it's like, Oh, it's like being reflecting on, the decisions you make as a woman when you decide to have sex. Like, ah, as Chip was kind of saying, it's kind of nice to see like myself wasn't the only person who had some of these feelings or experiences and like, ah, yeah, this is not manga worthy love story, boy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> He's no Maybe it is. Mask. Maybe it's like the, 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 the asshole you dump in the first chapter before you like have the meet cute at the end of the first chapter with, with the guy that you're eventually going to maybe kiss in volume 36. <laughs> Let's just say Nakayoshi lies. Nakayoshi lies. That's good. Anyway, but it's, you know, this is a, this is a nice read. And I'm glad that Starfruit's putting out these books because I think it's important to mm. see a broader spectrum of manga storytelling than what we normally see. And, and, and these are just, just nicely drawn and fun. She has mm. a, I think it's with the, the scene that Chip pointed out where they're in bed together. It's like, yeah, that's nice drawn. It's nice. It's it's beautifully composed. You know, the simplicity of the line is really elegant. Mm. And it's just interesting because it gives me so much to think about, right? Because it's not, it's not titillating. <laughs> I mean, it's not super, it's not meant to make you feel hot and bothered. It's there to make you go, oh, this, this looks like sex mm. and sometimes it's not pretty and sometimes it's not cut and dry who whether you're the good guy or the bad guy or you're effing the good guy or the bad guy and people are complicated yeah it gave me a lot to think about for such a slim little book i liked it yeah chip final thought they managed to pack a lot into these short stories even though they are quite sparse in a lot mm. of ways yeah just like I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm looking at the the final story right now, and like, it's just such a beautiful, nice, ambiguous ending. Mm. And I I really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 super solid. I I want to read more of their work again. Awesome. Well, it looks like we picked a good book this week, and it created a hell of an episode. We're gonna have to put a notch <laughs> tag on this one.
Mm. <laughs> Why? So, yeah, no reason. No reason, actually. Just my editorial fiat. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be right back after this important message from, I hope, our sponsor. Stay tuned. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And we're back. I hope you all enjoyed whatever our hosts chose to subject you to advertising wise. And if you hit that skip 30 seconds button, no one's uh, no one's upset. It's time to pick books, apparently. I forgot we're picking books. These are the last books we're going to pick of the season, actually, because these these three books and then Akira Volume 5 are going to round out Season 4. It's a lot of episodes. It's like almost, I think that's 25, 26, 27 episodes. And that's even before, maybe we might sneak in one more interview before the end of the season, too. So yeah, end of the season, we got some picks. I am going to pick Deb to go first because she said, oh, I know what I'm going to pick. I know what I'm going to pick. So Deb, what are you going to pick for Chipper? I'm going to go at recency bias again <laughs> for 200, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one of this manga just came out this week and I mm. got a couple chapters in and I just couldn't stop laughing. It was mm. something I've been looking forward to and I'm so glad it lived up to everything I was hoping for from it. Okay. It is The Yakuza's Bias by Teki Yasuda. It mm. is about a hardened Yakuza enforcer who has to protect the daughter of the Yakuza boss who is very into K-pop. And as a result, he goes to a concert and he discovers that being a K-pop stan is very similar to being loyal to his Yakuza boss. Oh my God. <laughs> it's basically like the way of the house husband meets BTS. And it is incredibly funny. It just makes me laugh. The art's great. And I don't think you have to be a K-pop stan to get it. It just, mm. it's so good. <laughs> I know that like Chip, like Way of the House Husband. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you're going to get the K-pop references, but I think you're going to love this one. All right. All right. That's a tough one to beat, gentlemen. <laughs> David, I'm going last because <laughs> I'm hosting, so I get to decide. I like that you stole my going last trick to counter program. <laughs> I, for once, I actually don't have a strong pitch, but... Mm. This series is from an author that I like a lot named Masakazu Ishiguro. He used to do a series called And Yet the Town Moves, which I mentioned on here a couple of times about like a very funny maid cafe run by an old lady and a girl who has no idea how to be a maid. His mm. most recent series is called Heavenly Delusion, which is a manga published by Denpa and recently got an anime release. We don't have to worry about the anime because this is manga explaining, but I would like to read volume one of Heavenly Delusion. It is set in a world where there's like a bunch of kids in sort of like an Akira style, like incubation sort of program. You know, they all wear the same uniforms. They do a lot of tests and that kind of thing. One day, one of the tests has a pop-up this kid reads and it says, do you want to go outside of what's outside? The kid's like, oh, what the heck does that mean? And he goes to show his teacher and the sign is gone. And then some stuff happens and we discover they're living in the post-apocalyptic world. And it's sort of the story of what happens once they go outside of what's outside. Hmm. 
Okay. So I don't have my usually pithy take on it, but it was a manga that I quite enjoyed from a creator that I quite enjoyed mm. doing sort of different work than they usually do. And yet the town moves is very slapstick, very funny. And Heavenly Delusion has humor, but it's not like that kind of manga. But they'd yeah. be a pretty fun read for the tail end of our series. All right. I don't know if Chip's going to really vibe with a creator who's known for doing comedy and then goes and does a bunch of serious stuff. It's true. <laughs> oh, I see. Chris is perfecting your pitch for you now. That's how far you've fallen, David. That's how far you've fallen. It's that kind of week. Yeah. <laughs> All right. For my pick for the end of season four, I actually would like to not have a pick for the end of season four and not pick a back book for the end of season four and instead try and get you on board to do something really wild for the beginning of season five. Mm. We've been talking a lot on the podcast, but also especially in the show notes lately about reading Frederick Schott's nonfiction book, Manga Manga, the world of Japanese comics, very sort of like the, the, the understanding comics of manga. And it's like a 250 page, like history of manga. It's really breezily written, but has a lot of information in it. And it's too big to assign for, for a weekly read. It is 250 pages of text and you don't have a lot of time to even read for fun. But I no. thought if I, if I recommended it at the end of the season and made it the beginning book of season five, and we're going to have like a hiatus for at least a month, maybe two, because of how far ahead we are in recording, that might be enough time to read it. Because you actually even said on the episode, I do want to read that one day. Mm -hmm. And I thought this might be the only way I, we could get you to read it for the podcast. And it would be our first like fully non-comics read. And it's really down to your availability. And I'm not even going to like joke about it and try and like bully into doing it. Mm -hmm. It's a bigger commitment than we often give you. And you're real busy. And so I want to know how you feel about it. Well, first of all, I applaud the fact that you managed to avoid picking a book mm. and also eliminating a whole episode of the season. <laughs> well, I only budgeted up to episode 111, so we would have had to go long if I didn't. <laughs> but budgeted like we're all taking some the, huge payday. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. All those 30-second ads for, what was it, gam sports betting, I think, are really uh, oh, really paying the I bills over gambling. here. All right. <laughs> Well, okay, well, uh, let me go through the list. All right. Yakuza's Bias wins. It's number, <laughs> okay. it's number one, because it's Way of the House Husband. Yeah, you got me right there. We'll see how many of the K-pop references I, I get. I'm going to assume zero, since I know mm. nothing about K-pop. Oh, Korean pop. Okay, now I get the K part. Okay. And <laughs> <laughs> I will go Heavenly Delusion, obviously, for second place. That works. Because Chris Chris pitched it so well. Mm, wow. <laughs> and all right, manga manga. I'm 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 willing to I'm willing to read this. For real? This this book without pictures. Maybe we can do two two chapters or something and No no, let's read it. Let's just let's just yeah. read it. Let's read okay. it. Okay. Well, I mean, we'll we'll read it until we we're done, and then we'll come back for the next season, basically. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, we'll check in with each other and go. Have you finished it? Have you finished it? Have you finished it? <laughs> as soon as as soon as the last of us says we finished it, then we can start recording. From today, we've got about fourteen weeks to read it. I think that's very achievable. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I got a lot of Batman comics to read. <laughs> 
Fair enough. But fewer Daredevil comics to read. Oh, no, you've got more now because you're not writing it anymore. I know. I can just read it as a fan. It's That's, that's the weirdest part is like this is the longest I've gone since I was a teenager not mm-hmm. reading Daredevil. That's wild. Because I was writing it. Hmm. So I get to read Are you it happy or sad about that? I don't, I can't tell. <laughs> no, I'm super happy. It's great. I, I mean, I can, I can say here because it was already announced, but my friend Saladin is, is writing it, the new series mm-hmm. with uh, Aaron Cooter on art. And I've seen so much of the first issue and I've read a bunch of outlines and scripts and I'm super jazzed to experience the rest as a fan. Nice. It's going to be great. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's a good place to start shout outs. Is that where you're, you're going to shout out this book? So this one's coming out in eight or four weeks. Are you uh, out sure? All right. I'll shout out Daredevil. Daredevil. <laughs> but also I'm going to do a follow-up shout out to my previous week's shout out, which mm-hmm. was a pre shout out. If you call for Blackberry, the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And now I've seen Blackberry, the movie. I managed to catch it on the road and it's fantastic. Wait. Oh, really? Is it the one based on the Mobius strip? No, that's Blueberry. This is about yeah. No, this is about the device. Don't the confuse me, Dan. This is about the BlackBerry device on it. Ah, which was which was created in Canada, so it's a Canadian movie about the rise and fall of that company, and it's so damn good. And like, I was thinking a lot because I also watched Air, which Chris, you talked about going to the premiere of that. Oh yeah, did you actually? You actually watched it, eh? Yeah, yeah, I watched it, and I thought it's okay. Yeah, but it's it's so polished. It is so pop. That's what I'm trying to say. It's the moviest movie I've seen in years. It's like yeah, it's like you so know the, the the speeches and like you know just the pacing of yeah. it. And I, I realize like BlackBerry is a rise and fall movie, mm-hmm. and it's done extremely well, perfectly paced. They know when to come in and out of scenes, really well shot, great acting, great acting. Whereas Air is a rise movie. It's not a rise and fall. Oh no! And I like I like a movie. I like a rise and fall movie more than I like a rise movie. It turns out <laughs> I highly I highly recommend it. Mm. Well, that's great. Have you seen Tar yet? You wanted to see that one too. I did on the plane. Oh wow! Look at you. Yeah, I've been I've been doing a lot of catching up. Yeah, Tar was amazing. Final scene. I don't want to spoil it, but it's one of the best scenes in a movie I've ever witnessed. Wow. That I think the people who listen to this podcast might appreciate or not appreciate. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Who else has got a shout out this week? I've got a shout out. Go All ahead. Right. So the trailer for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, which is a terrible title, and I hate some movies. But the trailer yeah. is out, and it looks exactly as good as the past few Mission Impossibles, which is yep. amazing. And it features the return of Kittredge from the first Mission Impossible movie. Which all sure. intelligent moviegoers know is one of the greatest scenes, the very upset moments. You've never seen me very upset. Mm. <laughs> so I'm soaked. Like, it's a great series. The first one is like a legit good movie, I want to say. And then the rest just sort of go in all kinds of wild directions. And now they sort of settled on, let's do James Bond, but bigger. And that's a really yeah. good place for Tom Cruise to be in, I think. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah. So check that trailer out on YouTube. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. Or in the show notes. We'll definitely have put it there now. <laughs> Deb, what's your shout out this week? Let's see. I'm going to have to go at recency bias again. <laughs> I was, I just got sucked into reading The Fable. Oh, yeah. You were posting that in chat. It's crazy. <laughs> that looks wild. I kind of want to read that, actually. It's a webtoon? A Korean webtoon? Or? No, no. It's Japanese. Okay. K-Manga, the, the new Kodansha app service that everyone's talking about for mm. Reasons. Reasons. <laughs> Has five volumes free now. So oh. I zipped through that. Oh. Huh. 
it has been out for a while and it was something like, oh, I'm not sure if this concept is for me and I'm not really crazy about the art, but everyone's talking about it. So I'll go check it out. And it starts out like about this guy. He's a, you know, killer for hire. He's, he's a young guy. He's a little bit unemotional, but he loves corny humor. <laughs> like he loves this one really old fashioned comedian and he just like cracks up all the time. So he seems a little off kilter. So anyway, he's killed a bunch of people, and then his boss says, you know what? Good job, man. Time to take a break. You, you got to go lay low. Why don't you go to Osaka for a year and just live like a normal? And then he goes with his fixer, who's a woman who he's not sexually attracted to at all. He's more like an older sister. And then they go to Osaka, and they get put up by this other Yakuza gang who you know, swore into secrecy. And his boss tells him, don't you kill nobody, because... I'm going to come and kill you if you go and kill somebody. <laughs> so anyway, they, they, they settled in. And of course, trouble finds them. Mm. But it's so, it's slice of life and then <laughs> mob violence. And then the girl, the girl is just freaking hilarious. Because she's cool. like, she's so bored with just like laying around and not killing anybody. That she just goes to the local bar and she could drink any man under the table. So she just kind of like, she starts flirting with these hopeless men. And then she just drinks them on their table. And then she says, oh, God, I just love watching how fall down stupid drunk he is. Like, she's just gleefully watching them be stupid. And she's watching them, like, flirt with her. And she's, like, going, oh, my God, he's, he's, so, he's so stupid. It's endearing. Like, but she's <laughs> having a good giggle over it. Yeah. So at one point, she, like, she goes, like, oh, I want a drink that tastes good with lemon. She winks at the bartender like, lemon, lemon. And next thing you know, they're doing 20 tequila shots. And, <laughs> and then the guy just gets flat out drunk and he thinks, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get this get girl. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to roll with her. Like, but she's like totally toying with him. So at mm. one point she, goes, she says, oh, you know, I, I know just the thing. And so she puts pistachios up his nose. <laughs> she just can't stop laughing. Just, just messing with these dudes. Just messing with these guys. It was instead oh of murdering them. Oh my god, I was just dying. Small <laughs> favors. I bought three more volumes just because that just sold me. <laughs> it's fun. It's mm, nice. fun. Nice. That's yeah. I got nothing now. <laughs> kind of like I read that. Yeah, my shouted is also for that. I'm trying to think if I've actually taken in. Did I talk about the Mario movie yet? Or have I talked about it three times? <laughs> I think a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, a couple of times. No, I'm kidding. I, uh, I, yeah, I, uh, but you haven't talked about the YouTube. Sonic movie. Oh, I'm not a Sega mm. guy. Mm. Okay. All right. Good to know. Yeah. 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 I will say, oh, a funny thing that this, the Sonic fan community is so big. You can type your name space the hedgehog into Google and oh, your God. name has been created as a Sonic self insert fan character so what? that's my shout out this week go type that go type chris the hedgehog or chip the hedgehog into google see what comes up all right i'm in see how big the boobs are sonic fandom is wild and that's uh that's our shout outs that's our, sh our show on not all girls are stupid uh, we had a lovely time talking about that book i hope minami kuta is still our friend after <laughs> thank you so much for listening <laughs> this is very not safe for work episode we'll be back next week with more stay tuned
This has been Manga Splaining, episode number 102, Not All Girls Are Stupid by Minami Kyuta. Thanks for listening. For our next episode, we'll be discussing the manga What's Michael by Makoto Kobayashi. Want to pick up a copy? Consider supporting your local comic book and manga specialty shop. Find one near you at comicshoplocator.com, or check out your local library for print and digital lending options. You can also follow along with our complete reading list at mangasplaining.com, and check out our newsletter and digital publishing endeavor at mangasplainingextra.com. Thanks to DADS for their musical accompaniment this episode. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.